You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Filter Free Podcast. I am your host, TJ Stevens. Well, problematic. Out of my left earbud. Getting off to a banging start here. Yeah. Joining me as always. Step ends. Dollar Bill Dave. I touch myself. I, I just need to clip that. Just Dave. <laughs> I touched myself. And Timmy C. Thank you, goo, goo. Dave's is awesome, and he got a new hat, and it's hilarious. <laughs> Are you drunk, yes or no? And it's marked on the right-hand side for both. Time moment draws get my panties wet. I love it. We've covered this butt wipe on a few different occasions. Butt wipe? You don't call people butt wipe anymore? No. I'm not I'm not seven. Good news is I've limited the producer's amount to screw us over this, so we're actually gonna get to sing along with the songs now. You are welcome. Hello, and welcome to the Filter Free Podcast. Hello, TJ. Thank you. He literally welcome. blew his voice out during the intro. You yes. gotta fight! I am your host, TJ Stevens. Step in. Joining me as always, Dollar Bill Dave. What's up? And Timmy C. Who? Um, if you haven't noticed, I don't have a lot of energy here in the intro. I need to be sparing with my voice. Uh, my wife thinks I have um, COVID strep. Got COVID. I think I did have COVID when all this started. I think I had the new strain because it, it is not picked up by tests or detected. Did you die? Not yet. Did you just say did. you got COVID in your testes? Sure. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they don't work Terrible. anymore, so <laughs> it's fine. Um. Please remember to subscribe and review this show wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> <coughs> I will be bowing out to die quite a few times in this episode. Um, while you're at it, follow the show on Twitter at FF Popcast. On Instagram at Filter Free Popcast. Follow the network, our Patreon network on Twitter at Filter Free Net. And of course, Premier Streaming Network at Watch on Premier. Timmy. When they go to www.patreon.com forward slash filter free, what are some of the things that they will get as a member? You will get legends. Let's rethink this. Football is getting paid with Tim and Dave. We just recorded an episode. You will get evolution of evil wrestling with commercials. Plus whenever we decide to do the sweet life, which sounds like it might be in Tampa. Mm. We'll be disseminating that information. Hotel blocks, suites in the arena, maybe rides to the event. We'll see. I might have to get my own suite if this keeps up. Uh, no COVID in your balls in our suite. What what if I just keep it in my balls? Is that fine? As long as you don't try to like jack it on anyone, I guess. Put a jacket on someone. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean it's tampo. a COVID jacket. You I went to the that. doctor the other day, and he told me to take my hat and jacket off. Mm-hmm. Now my hat. <laughs> <quit calling me. laughs> 
Like, there's no penis on this jacket, sir. Um, so for real, if you're hearing this, I'm going to struggle real bad in this episode, but I'm sitting here drinking hot toddies. I've been drinking tea all day. I'm a fucking player. We're going to make this happen. I don't want to be a do. player no more. I just crush a lot. You guys do movies and music for this week? Yes, yes sir. Movies, movies, movies. All right. Are you saying okay. boobies? I like that boobies. too. We got a whole show. Look at that. Well, I'm on borrowed time, so let's just jump in. Oh, I'm sorry. We got to do our rundown for our boys over at PSN. Actually, I'm just going to tell them they have a bunch of great shows this week. Sorry, guys. I don't have the voice for it. Uh, Efren, love you. Game event and uh, IRFB. Here we go. This week, we're going back to. Tim's not watching. Play the music, fuck nuts. Moron. All that's staying in. September 4th, 2013. We're going to watch WWE main event. Now, when I say main event, I know what you're thinking. Really? You guys did like. Why is it doing that? Stop it. The whole show now. You guys are really doing like the D show from WWE back then. This was actually a good show. Nobody's ever going to pick us up again. Premier's going to be like, these guys are morons. Yeah, they're clowns. (laughs) Dave Sturcio is like throwing his keyboard through his monitor as we speak. However, before we get to main event, let's see what was happening in your world yesterday. Let's run through some events. Filter free up first stories to miss the cut. September 1st, Seth Meyers marries Alexi Ash at Martha's Vineyard. Is that the guy from Saturday Night Live? Yes. Okay. And he has his own late night show now, I think. Never seen it. I haven't either. September 1st, former WBO heavyweight boxing champion and actor from Rocky Five, Tommy Morrison dies with cardiac arrest at age 44. Really? The AIDS didn't get him, but he had a heart attack. I thought the AIDS got him. I mean, if if, if you have heart conditions and AIDS, you kind of burn the candle at both ends. September 3rd, Microsoft buys Nokia for $7.2 billion. And ruined my phone. So you that's why there's the no Zoom? more Nokia phones, huh? No bricks. No bricks. You guys still have the Zune? Anyone have a Zune? What is that? It was a, it was an iPod, but... Garbage. I think it's a, it was a Zune with an N. Zoom. That's what I said. That's what he said, stupid. Oh, I thought you said Zoom. No, Zoom. Like, like we're in a Zoom meeting. No, it was a, it was an iPod, but trash powered by windows <laughs> September 7th Sir Patrick Stewart 72 marries Sonny Ozell who was 35 at Lake Tahoe the ceremony was officiated by Ian McKellen good for him oh that that's ex- weird that was my exact first thought was good for him they're still married to this day by the way she's good. now he uses like, a lot of Viagra she's now like 39 and he's 114 that's not how math works. Oh. September 8th, Serena Williams defends her U.S. Open Championship by beating Victoria Azarenka in three sets. We've covered her before. Yeah, Azarenka was good. Yeah. Well, Serena is what I was talking about anyway. Oh. September 9th, Rafael Nadal wins his second U.S. Open title in tennis when he beat Novak Djokovic in four sets. <laughs> They're both good. They are. 
September 4th. Don't you start coughing. That's my job. September 14th. Am I the only one without the COVID here? Yes. John Legend marries Chrissy Teigen in Lake Como, Italy on the same day. LeBron marries Savannah Brinson in San Diego. John Legend. Airy. He He's legendary for marrying her. God, what fantastic breasticles. My wife's hotter. Mm. Mm-hmm. She used to be hot. She busted now. Who? Chrissy Teigen. Oh, I, I was like, Dave, Jandy will whoop your ass. <laughs> oh, my wife's not busted. She's hot. <laughs> Good comeback. September 15th, 12 Years a Slave wins the People's Choice Award at the 38th Toronto Film Festival. Not touching that one. Never seen it. I'm sweating. September 16th. 12 COVID! 12 people are killed in a mass shooting at the Naval Yard in Washington, D.C. Also not touching that one. No. Mm-mm. Oh, it's going to get worse at the until the end of the month. You just wait. September 17th, Brooklyn Nine-Nine debuts on Fox. I don't want to touch that one either. Terrible. I've never watched that show. Is it any good? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, it's still on, I think. It was all right. It was kind of stupid, but it was all right. September it was 18th. stupid, but it was all right. Former WBC heavyweight champion in boxing, Ken Norton, dies at age 70. Didn't he play for the Cowboys? It was his son. Oh. September 19th, Hiroshi Yamauchi, the president of Nintendo from 1949 to 03, and former Seattle Mariners owner, passes away at age 85. I loved her ice skating at the Olympics. Christy Yamaguchi. No, not the same person. Should be. No. In fact, I'm pretty sure this is a man. I'm guessing. Actually, let me go ahead and erase the pretty sure. This is a man. (laughs) Did you just gender identify him? (laughs) Yes. I did. Him. Did you just gender identify him? (laughs) I'm not good at this. September 21st, Farm Aid takes place in New York. Performers include Willie Nelson, John Mellencamp, Neil Young, Dave Matthews, Jack Johnson, Casey Musgraves, and Toad the Wet Sprocket. That'd have been a good concert. I did not expect Toad the Wet Sprocket. I'd never heard of them. There you have. If, if you if you heard their one hit, you've heard of them. What is they've, it? They've got two, I think. Um, I can't think of the top of my head. I know the words, but I can't remember the title. September twenty third. The television series Mom, starring Anna Ferris and Allison Janney, premieres. I prefer Anna Ferris. Call me Dad. E. Yeah, you and everyone else. Okay. September 24th, The Goldbergs premiered on ABC. Bill? Sure. Actually, if he was never on that show, that is a giant mistake on their part. I think he was. I think he, he was, was, yeah. Cool. September 24th, Timmy, this is uh, these la- two of the last three stories are not good to end the month. 515 people are killed in a 7.7 earthquake in Balakistan, Pakistan. Shouldn't have been quaking there. Damn you, John Tenta. Mm, he's everywhere. September 27th, Lord releases her debut album, Pure Heroin. She was 16. Also, uh, heroin spelled with an E, like the literary heroin, not the... How 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 can you be 16 and call yourself Lord? 
I don't know, but uh, if she just keeps cranking out bangers, I think her name is Debbie. I think it's going to be justified. Debbie. And here you go. The, the entire month of September, strife in the Middle East results in 21 different hostile acts and the deaths of 737 people. Mm. Not touching that one. Mm-mm. I mean, I didn't. We didn't have to do a story on it. I just wanted everyone to know. Like here in 2013, it was going off over there. Like motherfuckers be killing each other. Yes. Yeah. Let's move on. Stories in the wheelhouse. September 20th. One of the all-time greatest power hitters in the lightning rod of criticism, Alex Rodriguez, hits his 24th grand slam while being a member of the Yankees and MLB record. A-Rod is a polarizing figure in Major League Baseball. At least he was when he played, and for good reason. But there's no doubt that he was a great power hitter, hitting 696 home runs over his career while batting 295 and even retired with 3,115 hits. I mean, right now, Kyle Schwarber has 45 home runs, and he's batting 191. Has 92 hits. That's crazy. Well, last year, Mike Zanino had like 50 home runs and batted 112. It's true. <laughs> how is that? I don't understand. How, how, that, how, can you, how do you teach people to do that? You don't. Just there's, hit it far. Either hit it far or strike out. That's it's what called idiot savant. It's also crazy to me. And A-Rod made his major league debut for the Mariners in July of 1994, 19 days before he turned 19, and retired in 2016, 16 days after he turned 41. Steroid. If you're doing the math, that means he played for 22 seasons. Steroid. Except he missed all the 2014 season due to... Steroid. The Specifically the biogenesis scandal, meaning him and a slew of other players violated the league's PED policy... I'll let there Timmy were know. only 104 of them. I'll let Timmy take that. As you can see, he's already prepped. He's got stats. that's ready to go. Let's move back to the beginning. When Rodriguez was coming out of high school, he was heavily recruited as a baseball player and a football quarterback and even signed a letter of intent to play for the University of Miami. However, he was drafted number one overall in the 1993 Major League Draft and signed with the Mariners instead at 17 years old. In 1996, after becoming the Mariners' starting shortstop, Rodriguez won the Major League batting title and finished second in voting for the AL MVP award. His combination of power, speed, and defense made him a cornerstone of the franchise, but he ended up leaving the Mariners via free agency after the 2000 season, joining the Texas Rangers, and signing a 10-year, $252 million contract, the richest in baseball history at the time. I remember the outrage when he signed that contract. Before the 2004 season, A-Rod was traded to the Yankees, for whom he converted to a third baseman to accommodate their shortstop, Derek Jeter. I remember the outrage when he was traded to the Yankees. (laughs) (laughs) In 2007, Rodriguez became the youngest player in baseball history to hit for 500 home runs. In 2009, A-Rod helped the Yankees defeat the Philadelphia Phillies to claim his one and only World Series title. And now, it's Timmy's turn. I love this guy. A-Rod from the hood of Kendall, Florida. You ever been there? It's, um, let's see. Bel Air. It, it, it is like Bel Air. He is the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, basically. Did anyone 
accuse him of being from the hood? He claimed he was from the hood. Oh. Of Kendall. I didn't know that. Yeah, terrible. On February 7, 2009, Sports Illustrated reported that Rodriguez tested positive for testosterone and the anabolic steroid Primo Bolin. There you go. That in 2003. This was 2009 they reported that. A year that after he signed with the uh, Rangers. Or took him long enough. Took him long enough. Rodriguez's name appears in a government-sealed list of 104 Major League players out of 1,200 tested. So it was kind of rampant at that point. Who came up positive for performance-enhancing drugs at the time. But at the time, there was no penalty or punishment for positive steroid tests. Rodriguez did not immediately confirm the allegations, deferring at first to the players' union. Please protect me. That is, Please. by the way, I just did the math. That is 9%. Yeah. But that was 2003. I mean, it wasn't illegal. They were kind of testing for it. I mean, surely he wouldn't do it again because right. that would be cheating. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, McGuire never did it. You know, Sosa didn't. Only did it but, once. But uh, he did explain himself. Two days after the allegations, Rodriguez admitted to steroid use from 2001 until 2003, claiming he ceased using such substances after spring training that year. Did only in spring training. You shouldn't be allowed to do on to do steroids when you're on the Texas Rangers, unless you're Juan Gonzalez. So I did not. Use performance enhancing drugs. I bet he. I, I think he was, he was done. Only spring training, right? Two thousand one, two thousand three. He was done at that point. Sure. Oh wait a minute. On August fifth, two thousand thirteen, MLB announced he would be suspended, pending an appeal through the two thousand fourteen season, for his role in the biogenesis scandal. What? Wait a minute. He was taking steroids again? <sighs> still, probably. Terrible. I don't think he ever stopped. Yeah, still. Rodriguez suspension that was announced the previous season, but delayed pending an appeal was upheld, meaning that he would be suspended for the entirety of the 2014 regular season and postseason Nana, nana, boo, boo, stick your face and doo doo. We caught you. He was officially found to have violated the league's performance enhancing drugs policy, specifically through the quote use and possession of numerous forms of prohibited performance enhancing substances, including testosterone and HDH over the course of multiple years. By the way, he never stopped just like my friends alluded to and quote, attempting to cover up his violations of the program by engaging in a course of conduct intended to obstruct and frustrate the office of the commissioner's investigation. He tried to get a bag of pee from someone else. Yeah. Just spring training. Just those two years. So on me, sir. Kabar, your whiz. Can I score some of your piss? I need the Wizinator, please. 
Can you can you sell me the Wizenator? Do Do you know what you guys really need? What? But today, I'm the greatest of all time. My quarterback. All right, this week I'm going to do something new here. I'm going to start keeping track of who gets how many because I don't <laughs> think it's fair that we keep track of the other two games and not mine, even though mine is the first game. To be fair, I don't show. actually. We don't keep track. track of singing. I win every week. It's true. Well, yeah, but I mean, we don't keep track in Timmy's Trivioke because I don't ever answer any of them. Correct. There's and no you won't to- this week either. Good. So let's start with batting average leaders for 2013. Joey Votto. You can get five. Joey Votto, no. Miggy. Miguel Cabrera led the league 348. Dave's got one. Tony Gwynn. In 2013. (laughs) He debuted in 1979. (laughs) Negative one point for the idiot answer. Uh, You know what? We might have to start doing that. Cut down the Uh, Carlton Fisks. Hank Aaron, Bernie Williams, Chipper what are you Jones. Doing? No, should be thirteen. Derek Jeter. Nope. There's no way. A Rod. Nope. Give us. We literally, we literally just did a story where he was sustained. Elvis Andrews. No. Fuck. Teams. Pittsburgh. Um, Lewis has two. Pujols. No. Washington. Larry Walker. Atlanta has two. (laughs) Mike Trout. Mike Trout is fourth of none of the teams I just said. 323. Ronald Ronald Acuna. Nope. Mm. Um, Manny Machado. Minnesota and Colorado. Colorado. Justin Moreau. Justin Moore, no. Whatever. No. <laughs> um, right Adrian here, Beltre. Adrian Beltre, no. <laughs> wow, you guys are really disappointed. We, we right stopped now. watching baseball in 1984. Jesus. Matt Carpenter. Matt Carpenter. Ninth. 318. <laughs> Dave's got three. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know baseball. <laughs> Um, Atlanta. Uh, I'm trying to think. Atlanta. Um, neither one of them is still there. Terry Pendleton, Dave Justice. Who's was Baltimore on there? Who's the guy from Baltimore that hit all the damn home runs? Was not on there. Brady Anderson. No. Oh, Chris Davis. Davis. Well, he yeah. he batted like one thirty one every year, so no, he's not on here. Oh, Mike Zanino. 
Yeah, you guys are disappointing me a lot. We're terrible. Um, I'm going to read these names off. You're going to punch yourself in the dick. No, I won't. Yeah, you will. If you have any pride, you will. Give me the teams again. Pittsburgh, St. Louis. You got one of them. It was Carpenter. They have two. Washington, Atlanta. Yadier Molina. Yadier Molina. Seventh. 319. Yes. And then Minnesota and Colorado were the other two teams. Who are the other who are these guys? Who's the, I know who the Pittsburgh guy is. I can't think of his name. Andrew McCutcheon. Andrew McCutcheon, McCutcheon was yeah. 317. There you go. Here's the rest of your top 10. In eighth from Washington, Jason Worth, 318. Fuck him. I'm not punching myself in the dick over that. The two Atlanta Braves, Chris Johnson and Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman. Maybe oh Freddie Freeman, yeah. All right, punch him. Hold on, guys. In the sack. Oh, in third, Joe Maurer, 324. That's the guy. They're, they're all white. Who cares? Florida State similar No, whatever. And second, from Colorado, Michael Kerdyer, 331. I Joe Maurer was supposed to play quarterback at Florida State and went to pro baseball instead, right? I think he made the right decision. You shut your whore mouth. Well, I mean, he's probably going to the Hall of Fame. It is true. Right. Home run leaders. Chris Davis. Chris Davis led the league 53. Crash Davis. Let's see. Uh, you know Lynn what? I, Davis. I have so little faith in you guys. If you Chris give Davis. me Davis. Two more, we'll call it. They're home run leaders, 2013. Evan Longoria. Evan Longoria, 10th. With Jay Bruce. 32, so Dave's got two of them. Jay Bruce, Wait. no. There's a former Red on this list, but he wasn't Miggy. on the Reds here. Miggy Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera, second, 44. There you go. Here's the rest former of your top. Red. Here's the rest of your top 10 in ninth. Is this Adam Jones? Adam Jones. In all tied for sixth. Mark Trumbo, Alfonso Soriano, and Adam Dunn. Adam Dunn, Dunkey. Then of the Chicago White Sox. Chicago White Sox legend, Adam Dunn. All tied for third, Edwin Encarnacion. Also a red. Pedro Alvarez and Paul Goldschmidt. And then Dave got the first two. Let's move over to pitching. Pitching wins. Again, I have little faith, so let's do uh, do three here. Adam Wainwright. Adam Wainwright, second with 19. Whoa. Um, um, who's the guy? Uh, he's got the weird last name. Scherzer, Scherzinger, Max, uh, Scherzer. Max Scherzer led the league. Oh, who's 21. the guy from the Dodgers? The Dodger guy, Clayton uh, Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw. Seventh was sixteen. Look at uh, Dave go. Dave gets that one. What? Uh, Strauss. Strasburg. Steven Strasburg. No. <sighs> Fucking injured asshole. Tell you what, if you guys can get any one of the rest of the top ten, I will get you. I will buy you dinner the next time. Verlander, no. Um, Homer the, Bailey, no. Uh, what's his name? The fat guy, Fernando Valenzuela, no. The newer version of him, uh, Cologne, Ga- um, Garrett, Bartolo Garrett, Cologne, Garrett Cole. Did, no, did you really just guess Bartolo Cologne? The fat Garrett guy from Cole. he played for the Rangers. Fourth, eighteen. Boom! 
By the way, what are you what are you buying us? I'm buying Dave dinner. You didn't guess shit. Here's the rest <laughs> of your top ten. All tied for seventh. Chris Tillman, Francisco Oops. Francisco Lariano, and Jorge De La Rosa. Tied for fifth. CJ Wilson and Matt Moore. And then tied with Wainwright in second. Jordan Zimmerman with 19. Oh, oh Matt yeah. Moore, huh? Yep. Just for fun, let's do saves. Let's see if you can get two. Aroldis Chapman. That's one. Um, That's why I said two. He was tied for age of 38. Um, uh, was El Duque still around? No. What's his name? Fernando Rodney. Fernando Rodney? No. You oh. guess so. Oh, what's the white guy that played for Atlanta? John, John Rocker. John Rocker. No. <laughs> Had the weird. Oh, what the fuck is his name? Oh, uh, if you can remember it, he is tied for first. I know. Uh, what? What is it? Little short bastard had the weird stance. Chicago I Cubs had... legend. Mark Pryor. No. Oh. Carrie Wood. Nope. Uh, Mariano Rivera. Well, he was fourth with forty-four. There Ooh. you go. What was the name of the guy? Here was, uh, by the way, uh, as we're wrapping this game up, Dave 10, Timmy 4. <laughs> Here's your top 10. I got four. What are you talking about? Here's the rest I of the top 10. I to go way below that. Grant Balfour and Ooh, Sergio man. Romo. Who did Balfour Tony play Romo? Uh, Balfour, Balfour played for, for Oakland. Oakland that year. And, and the Chicago Blackhawks. Seventh. Blackhawks? No, that's uh, Ed Balfour. That's what I said. That. Seventh, Addison Reed, the Chicago White Sox. Don't know who that is. Tied for fifth, Joe Nathan of the Texas Rangers. Heard of him. And Rafael Soriano. In third, Greg Holland. And here you go, Timmy. Both tied for first with 50. Jim Johnson of the Baltimore Orioles and of the Atlanta Braves, Craig Kimbrell. There we wow. go, Kimbrell. Kimbrell. Yeah. And that was unfortunately... Box score trivia. Dave does Pause. box score trivia while Tim is a loser. September 20th, while A-Rod was making a quarter of a billion dollars, the video game series Grand Theft Auto becomes the fastest entertainment product to hit a billion dollars in sales. We've covered Mortal Kombat in a previous episode, and Grand Theft Auto reignited the violence in video games conversation, although this time it was elevated due to the use of prostitutes and things of that nature in the gameplay as well. I like it. I love this series. The series was introduced in 1997. Oh, I was talking about prostitutes. That explains a lot, actually. When the original Grand Theft Auto was made for PS1, Windows and Game Boy Color, the game became a cult classic until the release of Grand Theft Auto 3 was released in 2001, and the game went from an overhead view to a third-person viewpoint, making the gameplay a much more interactive experience. Here in 2013, Grand Theft Auto 5 was released due to huge critical success, not only was the game successful, the game has spawned its most famous character to date in the former Trevor Phillips, a crazed drug dealer in the outskirts of Los Santos who would who would ex exhibit extreme and comedic behavior. Rockstar North began yeah. developing Grand Theft Auto 5 in 2008, around the same time Grand Theft Auto 4 was released. 
Analyst estimations place the game's combined development and marketing budget at more than $265 million, which made it the most expensive game ever made at that time. Worth it. A fundamental design goal from the outset was to innovate the series' core structure by giving players control of three lead protagonists instead of just the normal one. Grand Theft Auto V received universal acclaim from critics, according to review aggregator Metacritic, based on 50 reviews for the PlayStation 3 version and 58 reviews for the Xbox 360 version. Within 24 hours of its release, Grand Theft Auto V generated more than $815 million in worldwide revenue, equating to approximately 11.21 million copies sold. Those numbers were nearly double what analysts expected for the, ti- for the title. Three days after its release, the game had surpassed $1 billion in sales, making it the fastest-selling entertainment product in history. It's a phenomenal game. TJ, this is such nerd shit. I disagree. Go steal a car and tell me what that gets you in real life. I mean, people do that, you know. Really. Not much anymore. Arrested. That's what it gets you. According to the Guinness World Records of 2008 and 2009 Gamers Edition, it is the most controversial video game series in history with over 4,000 articles published about it, which include accusations of glamorizing violence, corrupting gamers, and connection to real-life crimes. No. That last part's bullshit. Oh, no to all those things. Former lawyer Jack Thompson has been involved in a number of attempts to get families of murder victims to hold Grand Theft Auto series accountable for the death of their loved ones. Moral majority, Jack Thompson. Mm. Due to his conduct... Oh, wait, wait, start. Um, Due to his conduct in this and related cases, Thompson was disbarred in 2008 and was fined more than $100,000 by the Florida Bar Association 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 Mm -hmm. must have been playing that damn game and it got him disbarred I I can't imagine Take, take Timmy Thompson take Jack Thompson Take my best friend, Bo. How Daddy, please don't take that. Don't home. take the car. Don't take do, that home. Do, do, do. Don't take it. Could you, <laughs> could you imagine, like, you're grieving the, the, the loss of a loved one, and all of a sudden you get this uh, call from a random lawyer like, hey, I want you to join my lawsuit and say this was Grand Theft Auto's fault. Well, he died of a heart attack. That's fine. Okay. (laughs) Ridiculous. September 22nd, the 65th edition of the Primetime Emmys takes place. And even with the crowded television scene with shows like Modern Family, Game of Thrones, Downton Abbey, Mad Men, and House of Cards, Breaking Bad takes home the award for outstanding drama. Weirdly enough, I mean, granted, Modern Family is not a drama. I probably shouldn't have thrown that in there. But the only other award this show won was Supporting Actress for Anna Gunn. That is weird to me. Billy's sister? Sure. Yeah. She is blonde, so could be. Breaking Bad did lead 
uh, the the Emmys with nominations. Uh, they had eight overall. The season that aired in 2013 would end up being the series finale and is one of the few shows that increased viewership season to season all the way to the finale. Seasons one through four had 1.23 million, 1.3 million, 1.52 million, and 1.87 million season to season on average year to year. And the series finale had 5.92 million for the first episode of the final season. And then 4.32 million, the final episode of the season finale. The show was created by Vince Gilligan, starred Anna Gunn, Aaron Paul, Dean Norris, Betsy Brandt, RJ Matei, and Bob Odenkirk. And I don't know why I didn't mention Brian Cranston. Oh, he is also in that. And he is credited with not only the career resurgence of Brian Cranston, there he is, <laughs> but the show that propelled him to the mountaintop of celebrity fame. The show is based around Brian Cranston's character, Walter White, who is diagnosed with inoperable lung cancer. The high school chemistry teacher becomes worried of dying without leaving anything to his wife and son. So he partners up with former student and drug dealer, Jesse Pinkman. Well, I appreciate your dissertation, but I'm going to go with the awards and something about them. The Television Academy was alerted to an issue with, quote, Hanging episodes by stars. Hate it. Hate it. Because they're stupid stars. The channel has numerous series with multiple hanging episodes. Oh, they annoy me. Hanging episodes are episodes broadcast after the Academy's deadline for consideration that are part of the season that began before the deadline. What are you doing? For instance, in 2012, <laughs> stars Magic City and AMC's Mad Men, which, by the way, was supposed to be good, both ended their seasons in June after the May 31st deadline. You got to end them before the, the awards. Hence, Come on, guys. We have hanging episodes. Hate it. The Academy had prior rules stipulating that eligible episodes be presented on the same platform as the episodes that qualify the series. Hence, Mad Men can't be talked about because that last two episodes aired June 4th and 18th. Not in consideration. Heaven forbid you gave us something to watch over the summer. So, TJ, I did some research. You did? I did. Wow. I went I went back and watched Magic City, Mad Men, all these all these shows that had hanging and Magic episodes. Mike. Yes. None of them had a hanging in them. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> not not a single hanging in any of these episodes. You should have watched Deadwood cuz I'm pretty sure there were some in that. They didn't have hanging episodes. They tried it in Robin Hood Men in Tights. They did. Stupid. For the fourth consecutive time, Modern Family won for Outstanding Comedy Series, beating out 30 Rock, The Big Bang Theory, Girls, and Louie. Modern Family was a show that ran for 11 seasons on ABC, which followed the lives of three diverse family setups living in suburban Los Angeles who are interrelated through their patriarch. Jay Pritchett, played by Ed O'Neill from Married with Children. All in, Modern Family was awarded the Emmy Award for Outstanding Comedy Series in each of its first five years, 
the Emmy Award for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series four times, as well as the Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series twice, plus another 11 Emmy Awards from 75 nominations. It's a very this good was show. a good show. It's a very good show. Yeah. But I love I like I love Breaking Bad. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. I never finished it. You need to. I got to I've the ne- last I've season never, and just kind of I've never got bored seen of it. any of it. I did see some of Modern Family. Breaking Bad is really good, but I, you know, my ADD kicks in and I'm like, okay, I've watched enough of this shit. No, the, so I need the to final. I need to go back and watch the last season and the movie. I never watched the movie either. I haven't watched the movie, but if you watched, I remember I watched the, so my wife's never watched an episode of it. I've tried to get her to watch it, but she has like a moral dilemma because a chemistry teacher is making meth. And it's, it's a TV show. I had to explain to her. He's not real. This is, this is a made up person. And I go, well, I'm sure a chemistry teacher somewhere is making meth, but you know, in spirit, his cause is noble. Alabama. However, um, so I watched the, I binge watched the first four seasons on Netflix, then watched the last season live. And uh, when they, when I got to the end of the final episode, I was crying at the end of the show. And my wife just looked at me and she goes, I understand it wasn't that climatic. And I just started yelling at her because she didn't watch the show. <laughs> Beautiful <laughs> ending. Well, um, I guess I better watch it. Yes, you do. You need to. So before we start this next story, I just want to go ahead and do this. Um, we'll go ahead and put that up there. September 29th. The NFL world says goodbye to one of the anchors of the most revered and recognizable defenses ever in the form of the steel curtain of the 1970s and defensive tackle Elsie Greenwood. I actually collect football jerseys and I have over 40 jerseys from four, from the sport four sports. I have 24 NFL jerseys for 20 different teams and I have two Steelers jerseys from the 1976 bicentennial season. Number 52 of Mike Webster, the number 68 of Elsie Greenwood. Greenwood was born on September 8th, 1946 in Canton, Mississippi. After completing high school at Rogers High School in Canton, he played college football at Arkansas AM and N. N. That is not a typo. That's what it's called. Then he would be drafted in the 1969 NFL draft in the 10th round of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, despite what Timmy's about to say about the Steelers, and I don't know that, but I'm fairly certain, I'm going to give a bit of a history lesson. The Steelers became a team in 1933, and they were originally the Pittsburgh Pirates. The team spent its first 41 years waiting for a championship and only made the playoffs one time from 1933 to 1972, and that was in 1947. Greenwood was one of the four members of Pittsburgh's famous Steel Curtain defense and remained with the team until his retirement in 1981. Throughout the course of his career, Greenwood led the Steelers in sacks six times, finishing with a total of 78 for his career, was a six-time Pro Bowl player, was named to the NFL All-Pro teams in 74 and 75, and was All-AFL five times. Nicknamed Hollywood Bags for his desire to become an actor after his retirement, Greenwood was known for wearing gold-colored shoes on the football field to help announcers distinguish him from the higher-profile Joe Green. Greenwood was a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2005 and 2006, but ultimately failed to get elected. He stated that while he would be honored if he were to be inducted to the Hall of Fame, he would not be upset if he were not elected, feeling that the Steelers already in the Hall, especially Mean Joe Green, represented the team's accomplishments. TJ, 
I'm not sure what you're talking about. Greenwood was born in Southgate, California, a few miles south of Los Angeles. What? In 1979, he was discovered in Reno, Nevada, by Larry McFadden, the band leader and bassist of Mel Tillis. The country singer? And I'm yeah. proud to be an American. Green. <laughs> oh my God. That's and I won't Greenwood is known for writing and recording. God bless the USA. And I probably in the early stand 1980s. Up and later, God bless you, Canada. Wait, wait, wait. He's saying God bless you, Canada. Yep. The Did song they gained renewed Traitor. popularity following the launch of Operation Desert Storm in 1991, and again ten years later, following the September 11, 2001 attacks. It's like this song is on Viagra. Mm. On May 19, 2018, if tomorrow all the Greenwood was awarded the MMP Music Award for his for lifelong contribution. To the music industry and, and inducted into the MMB Hall of Fame by Commander Joseph W. Clark. CTJ, my lucky stars. Not all Steelers are assholes. To Bless be living you. here today, because the flag still stands for freedom, and they can't take and that away. And I'm proud to be an American. American. At least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died. right to me. me. And And I'm glad to stand up next to you. (laughs) (laughs) I have never been so upset that my voice has gone until just now. (laughs) Um, I saw him in concert. Two things about this song. One, at a when church. I, at a church? At a church. Okay. Yeah, it's not shocking. Sure, sure it was a banger. Um, <laughs> when I was bartending, the bar I worked at had an outside deck, and there was one night we were closing down, and one of the acts you had, one of the last things you have to do is pick up all the flags off the perimeter of the deck. So while no one was looking, I played this song on the jukebox, and I stood on the on top of one of the picnic tables of the flag, like Lieutenant Dan, and just started screaming the song at 1.30 in the morning. Next time we have karaoke. Absolutely. I'm in. And the Got other that, thing. Timmy C. I'm in. Way better than your stupid Are You Gonna Be My Girl song. Absolutely. But it's not as good as the Beastie Boys, so that was, that was pretty good. I don't know. I think we can rock this, guys. Oh, we could. Um, we should have practice when your voice gets better. I, I have a question. Is it your turn? It's your turn. That means it's my turn. That means it's my turn. Mm. Let's go to Timmy's Trivioki. Figaro. Figaro, 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 Figaro. That's not Tosca. Ugh, my ears. My back. Yep, yeah, I remember. Everyone remembers when Elvis performed that. Nothing is better than Fat Tim. Hold on, Timmy. Before you continue, just barge ahead. 
with, with what you want to do. Because I said I had two things to say. And I only said one of them. And yeah. one is your voice. Well, also, um, see what happens when you just barge ahead. So now the entire intro for your show, for your game, has the Steelers have six Super Bowls on it. So what? <laughs> I don't I care. I think it's just about it. They're all in the 70s. All yeah. right. Except for the uh, ones that weren't. Two of them. Yeah. Song number one, clue number one. This is the most controversial pop song in history. Lee Greenwood. God bless the USA. This song was criticized upon release for trivializing sexual violence, objectifying women, and reinforcing rape myths. Smack my bitch up? Not in 2013. That was like 95. Which, yeah, exactly. I was like, man, this seems weird. Prodigy. Clue number two. The song received generally negative reviews from music critics, with some saying it glorified rape culture. Seems like we're going down a sordid path here. We did, you know, we did Bill Cosby last week, right? Yeah, all right. Well, this is too Paul. Well, we're going to it. We're going to a different 80s sitcom. Because you see Dad. the kids, Kodak Velvet. <laughs> this is a song by American singer Robin Thick, son of Alan Thick. Oh, uh, featuring good time, blurred lines, blurred lines. TJ, I said good. What are you doing? (laughs) TJ gets it. Can I, can I let you guys in on a secret? I have the song on my phone. I know you. You Pretty sure I can play this on the drums. You know you want it. You know you want to take a good girl. You don't want to get nasty. Glorify rape. Go ahead, get nasty. I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. I know none of the words, so. (laughs) Neither neither is Robin Thicke or Alan Thicke. Well, Alan Thicke's dead. Well, he was very disappointed. And Canadian. Song number two, clue number one. This is the best-selling country digital song of all time in the United States as of 2014. God bless the USA. Incorrect. And the thunder rolls. Clue number two. God, (laughs) y'all are terrible. The recording by Florida Georgia Line reached number 16 on the Billboard Hot 100 in its initial release, but dropped off the Hot 100 in February 2013. I'm a pretty sure months, the song was on Madden that year. A couple I know of months song, later, I the name of it. a remix by rapper Nelly was Nelly, released, yeah. and the song then re-entered the top ten. God, I'm drawing a blank. I know the clue, song. Clue number three. This is the actor Tom's favorite song. Who the hell's Tom? So, baby, the song, song you made me want to roll. Oh, 
help myself, so I back backed up that ass. That song sucks. Okay, TJ will appreciate the last one. They're like the Nickelback of country. They said they well, vanished. They, no, they've split now. So they were like four years, and then they just vanished. All right, TJ, you're gonna love this one. You might, wait. you might win tonight. What? Smack my bitch up. Song oh, number three, clue number one. Saturday Night Fever. This Drifting song guy. is the second single from the studio album, Bangers. I'm out. Never hurts it. Clue number two, on September 21st, 2013, the artist performed this song for the first time during her iHeartRadio Music Festival debut in Las Vegas. She performed twice, the first in the afternoon Festival Village and later in the evening at the MGM Grand Arena. Despite generating media attention for the provocative wardrobe, Katy Perry, the performance was considered to be, quote, fairly tame considering the VMAs. Miley Cyrus, I'm guessing, is the singer. Clue number Wrecking Ball. Sorry, TJ, you lose. Yes! I think I should get half that point. Nope. <laughs> yeah, you should, but you don't. Okay. Good. Dave gets 42 points. Touchdown. That's all right, because um, I know I'm going to win this. Yeah. Now it's time for Dave's Fade. Have you seen it? You slip her the hot beef injection. Is one of those guys David Bakhtiari? I don't know who that is. The tackle for the Packers. No. You don't know. All right. TJ is catching up to Efren. He's down 17 to 16. Timmy has zero. Good job, you. This week we have three movies. I like it. Movie number one. Our first movie this week grossed more than $78.4 million at the box office on a budget of $30 million. This is an American comedy crime film. The Manzoni family, a notorious mafia clan, is relocated to Normandy, France under the Witness Protection Program where fitting in soon becomes challenging as their old habits die hard. This movie stars Robert De Niro and Michelle Pfeiffer. Godfather 4? <laughs> <laughs> the Family. Mm. 
Uh, Godfather-in-law. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, that one was tough. This wasn't a good month. I guarantee you somebody gets this one. Okay. Somebody. (laughs) Movie number B. With a budget of $2.8 million. Our second movie this week raked in more than $29.7 million at the box office. It, It did good. Movie number B is a re-release from a 1939 masterpiece. Gone with the Wind? Young Dorothy Gale and her dog Toto are swept by... Wizard of Oz, damn it. Yeah! It's Wizard of Oz! (laughs) It only took Timmy to the last show of the month, but he's on the board. Because it was so easy, you get half a point. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I would have got it in 1939, too, so... We know. I should get. I should get a full point. There's a reason why I said "Gone with the Wind." All right, our last movie this month, movie number C. This might be a tough one. We'll see if you guys get it. Our third movie this week grossed more than forty-one point three million dollars on a budget of seven point five million. This is an American romantic comedy drama. Written and directed by Joseph Gordon-Levitt in his feature directorial uh, debut. A New Jersey guy dedicated to his family, friends, and church develops unrealistic expectations from watching porn and works to find happiness and intimacy with his potential true love. I know. Exactly I don't want what anything to do about. with this movie. Is. Stars Jordan uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Scarlett Johansson. I remember the trailer because he's in the gym and something happens. Mm-hmm. And he likes to beat it. He does. I did not watch. I, I have I've not seen this. It's not Don Juan. It's Don Marco. Don John. Don John. Don Johnson. <laughs> Crockett. Tubbs. <laughs> Don John. I didn't know if you guys had seen that one or not. It's a good movie. No. Oh well, I'll check it out. If you if you watch this season finale, check it, Breaking Bad. I'll watch Don John. The family's good too. Is what about the Wizard of Oz? Is that any good? I've seen it. I have to. Everybody's seen it. I'm pretty yeah. sure. There's a reason why it only made twenty nine point eight. Twice in the theater in 1939. It made like ten. Once in 1939, and then I saw it again. <laughs> yeah, Timmy saw it in his first run. <laughs> saw it in the theaters. <laughs> And now we present a feature presentation. Here comes the <laughs> Wizard of Oz. Let's go ahead and watch our wrestling show. This is not from 1939. It's from 2013. Hey, We're watching Man of in 1939. And again, you may be saying to yourself, really, you guys are doing a show on the D show, main event. Yeah, this was not a bad show. As I cough my face off. It was from September 4, 2013. We were in the Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Your announcers are Josh, Josh, Josh Matthews and Alex Riley. Watching this intro to the show, I don't think we give 2013 enough credit for how stacked this roster was. When you have someone like Fondango, which say what you will about the gimmick, but the dude was good, and he's the curtain jerker on main event. This was shortly after Cody Rhodes was fired on WWE Raw after losing to Randy Orton, which I thought should have been Cody's catapult at the time going over Randy Orton. 
People give Cena and Triple H shit for winning so much during this time. Orton was not that far behind him. Mm-mm. Overrated. Yep. Yes. Of course, because of Orton beating Cody, we got Stardust. I love the intro shows. You get wrestlers not you will not be seeing on this show. What the hell is Ion Television? You don't remember Ion Television? No. I used to buy media for Ion Television back in the day. That's where you watch um, Criminal Minds and nothing else. <laughs> this is like either an AEW show now or the battle of people no longer in WWE. Which there are a lot more after this week. Yes, that is true. Match one, Fandango with Summer Rae takes on Justin Gabriel. I have to give WWE this because they've always been good at this. The main story out of the company is the authority, Stephanie and Triple H, and that is the big topic with the announcers on their show, further pushing the story and making it a little on the real side with the announcers speaking their concern and their unwillingness to speak their opinions. I loved it. Of course, the downfall is no one is talking about this match, and it actually wasn't bad. At one point, Gabriel does a dive to the outside, and although he connected, he uh, straight up landed on his hand, or at least it looked that way. You wondered if there was potential for injury, but when we returned from the break, Fandango is working on the neck, so apparently it was all planned. I feel like we're watching an episode of NWA WCW from the 80s because this one match has already taken up a third of the show. After some decent back and forth, Fandango hits the top rope leg drop for the win. Fandango started out with a win over Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. Stupid. But we all knew this gimmick wasn't going to make it. Let's be realistic. Yes. The most over he ever got was with Tyler Breeze and their silly little tag team gimmick. That was good, though. Gabriel was in the WWE for a short while as well, but he was never going to get pushed in the land of the Giants. Both of these guys were last seen in Impact Wrestling. I think Fandango's still there. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the star. Summer Ray was every bit as hot in person as she is on television. We we oh, seen her at Starcast. Yes. Yeah. My goodness gracious almighty. Justin Gabriel, good in the ring, did not connect with the audience. Terrible. So I figured out the formula for this show. They put on the most pedestrian match ever. So the announcers can talk about what's been happening on the main shows. Welcome to main event. We don't do anything. So after the match, WWE's pushing Twitter. We get a graphic on the screen showing WWE's Twitter numbers. And it states that The Rock has the most followers in the WWE with 5,451,720. I went and looked up The Rock now. He now has more than 17.1 million Twitter followers. Twitter got bigger. It's now X, though. Well, Rock has also done, you know, some movies since then. How about his uh, video from last week now with more than 103 million views? Yeah. That's insane. Welcome to Colorado. But according to uh, Dave Meltzer, the only people who know who Roman Reigns is is wrestling fans. Yeah. Chode. Uh, when we come back from break, 
We're talking about the future WWE title match at Night of Champions as Daniel Bryan will take on Randy Orton. Then we get a recap of the feud between the Authority and Bryan, which incorporated the Shield and Randy Orton. I remember all of this distinctly. Bryan's catapult to the top here in the fall, and as much as everyone hated the Authority and gave them shit, it is why Daniel Bryan got over. We're also including Big Show, who has become an unwilling henchman for the Authority because he's broke. Then include the Rhodes family, and this was great stuff. Add in there for just in just four months, Punk would walk out after the Rumble, and the company belonged to Daniel Bryan. This may be some of the best work I've ever seen Big Show do. No. They had some really bad angles back then. TJ, I couldn't disagree with you more. Good. The Big Show was so misused in the WWE. Correct. His initial run as the Giant in WCW was the only time he was ever really worth a shit, in my opinion. I think his career could have been so much better. The Big Show crying like a little baby is pathetic. Dude was a monster. You think they ever would have had Andre out there crying over some silly shit? But um, I, I think what was all that what you just said is true. But what I liked about it was they were using the big show as if like we're going to use him as a henchman because a he owes us money, but b they were treating him like we know no one can stop him. The shield but, was running away from but him. But he, he got beat mad. all the time. Well, right back. <laughs> <laughs> Which was also happening in this time. Match two. Our truth wraps his way to the ring, sort of, as he goes to take on the Money in the Bank briefcase holder, Damian what's Sandow. Up, what's up? What's up? What's up? With friend of the show, Mike Kyoto as the referee. Every time I see Sandow, I will say the same thing. As good as everything was with the authority and the Wyatt family and the Shield and the Rhodes family, the WWE absolutely shit the bed when it came to Damian Sandow. He was absolutely a championship-level heel, and the fact they let Cena beat him for his cash-in on one arm was a travesty. This was an exceptional match, some good back and forth, and eventually R-Truth hits the lie detector for the win. After the match, Sandow grabs the mic and says, and still, your uncrowned world champion, Damian Sandow. Oh, look, a guy still in WWE. Although we haven't seen him on television for like 11 months now. And he did not get released. And he's facing Damien Sandow, who was last floundering around in the NWA. Man, what could have been with him? The Rhodes Scholars. Ms. Dow. How he hasn't gotten picked up by anybody other than the NWA. The Rhodes Scholars was such a good team, too. Sandow was the money in the bank holder at this time and was magic on the mic. How did WWE screw this up? This has Max Dupree written all over it. Yes. Wait a second. The money in the bank holder just lost on main event to our truth. Yep. You can Didn't tell coming. You can tell at some point they I don't and again, I don't know why, but they lost faith on Sandow because he lost a ton leading up to his his cash well, in the Cena. To be fair, they kind of do that with the money in the bank. Holders just to like, oh, it's a shock because he's been losing and why would he win? But yeah, 
That wasn't the plan with this guy. If only Rain, uh, Hulk Hogan would have lost the week before WrestleMania five on like fucking prime time. He probably the warlord or something. He didn't know. He lost to uh, uh, Jim, Jim Powers. Powers. Jim Here's Powers. <laughs> Sandow's money in the bank. Coolest briefcase they've had. Forget that green. No, that it was leather bound. It, that shit looked good. Sandow missed nothing when it came to his gimmick. Nothing. Correct. Is the big show in this match? Because that's literally all they're talking about. TJ, this is the most trash ass show ever. I disagree. Please, I disagree please, with you. Please stop making me watch this era. We watched AWA with no announcers. Wait, guess what? NXT in this era, good. Main event in this era, trash. Well, we got NXT coming up in a couple of weeks, so shut your face. And I thought it was obviously a good idea to get your money in the bank. Hold her over by beating him on main event. What? What's you know, up? You know what I remember though watching this match, and I I didn't look it up or anything. I just happened to have like a flashback. This I believe this was like two months before our two turned heel. Yeah, because he was with Miz for Survivor Series that year. Yeah. And then uh little Jimmy showed up and he smoked on Raw, which is still just Blows my mind. <laughs> we go back to Raw highlights as Cody Rhodes confronts Randy Orton and Triple H backstage, and Cody says that Orton shouldn't be dodging Brian, and a world title match with Orton and Brian is what's best for business. Then Triple H sets a match, Cody versus Orton tonight, with Cody's career on the line. I need to go back and watch this match because I remember having goosebumps for Cody Rhodes as Randy Orton with Cody's career on the line. Cody was so over here in this match, and one. Actually, I will argue he should have won that, but of course he didn't because it was Randy Orton in 2013. Afterwards, Triple H fires him. I don't remember Cody being over like you said, but I believe you. Watch he that. Was. Go back and watch that match. He was Cody and Randy. It was, but nuts. he's reached the next level in his career now. That's for damn sure. He's definitely over now. Yeah, I would never have thought that he'd be the number one face in any company. No. It took him leaving and coming back, but dude has a rocket strip strapped to his back now. A racket, rocket strip? Racket Ship. strip. Stress. Stri- yeah, it's a stripping rocket. That's, oh. It's a red rocket. And then we have another grown man crying on WWE television. TJ. Riveting. They're good at it. They're very good at it. Match three. The primetime players take on the Wyatt family, Harper and Rowan, which is exactly why I picked this episode of Main Event. The Wyatt family and their original carnation here was outstanding, and I thought there was potential, really, with these three guys, there was unlimited. And, of course, since then, we both lost Luke Harper and Bray Wyatt. The Wyatt family was my favorite thing going on here in 2013. It was not even close. Yes, over Punk, Brian, and the authority, everything. When Bray spoke, he was just so captivating. And it was also around this time, Harper started to get over with the crowd because of how well he could move for a big man and his crazy antics in the ring there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the alligator roll and all kinds of shit. Rowan and Harper looked like two dudes, a cult leader from the swamps of Louisiana would recruit. The three were perfect right. together. They'd add Braun Strowman not too much longer after this and even Daniel Bryan for a cup of coffee. The prime time players try to outbrawl the whites, but to no avail. 
Harper hits the discus clotheslines. They get the win. We go off the air with the Wyatts, as Bray tells, tells us to follow the buzzards. Rest in peace, big man. This is just going to make me sad. Skip it. All right. Titus O'Neil. Jesus, Dave, where'd you get all these notes from? Well, he's still in WWE, sort of. I'm pretty sure he never wrestles anymore, but I guess he's a pretty big deal with his position as global he's a brand, brand ambassador, ambassador. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Darren Young's been gone for quite some time, and he's currently in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Good for him. Now we get the Wyatt family. I still can't believe Bray is gone. And with that being said, Luke Harper is sadly gone as well, both yep. taken way too soon. Harper, though, is another name that was gone from the WWE as he was a big name in AEW at the time of his unfortunate passing. Rowan is no longer in the WWE as well. He never made it to the big shows again, however. Other than a couple one-off appearances in AEW, he's been wrestling in independence as Eric Redbeard. We're 42 minutes into this show and just starting the main event with five minutes remaining. So much filler here. If you know me, you know I was a huge fan of Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family. The booking of this character is something I will never understand. They never needed to go to The Fiend right. or to the new Bray Wyatt. They had everything with the original incarnation of Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family. Titus O'Neil is a stupid Florida Gator. No wonder he was nothing more than a jobber, unlike former WCW World Heavyweight Champion and Florida State Seminole legend, Ron Simmons. Pretty sure they went to school about the same time. We need, One day we need to have, maybe that's uh, legends down the line is discuss like the biggest <laughs> fumbles in wrestling history because Damien say I mean we've had two on the show between Damien Sandow and the Wyatt family. Yeah, we're gonna have to pump out some legends here once volleyball and cheerleading ends in my free time. I get to have some again. Moving to my, Alabama has been busy as shit. And I get my voice back. Well, if you enjoyed this week's episode and you'd like some free time in Alabama, please let us know. Give us that five-star review wherever you get this podcast. Make sure to follow the show on Twitter at FF Popcast, on Instagram at Filter Free Podcast. Follow our Patreon network at Filter Free Net, and of course, Premier Streaming Network at Watch on Premier. As for us, you can find us on our social media platforms at Timmy C. At Timmy C1979. Dollar Bill Dave. At Dave in the HSV. And I am at T Stevens91. Next week, we cover USWA from October 9th, 1993. Yes. Commercial. Luke squares off with Bruno. Howard Stern writes a book. The Mighty Ducks play hockey for reals and so much more. Yo, I made it through the whole episode. This has been the Filter Free Podcast. It's so long for now. Joke of the week. Why did Ken and Barbie never have kids? Been a penis or vagina? There is that. Because Ken came in a different box. Ha, 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 ha.